Amen. Thank you. Ladies, thank you, teenagers. Boy, we are sure are blessed here at Fostory Baptist Church, aren't we? And talented adults, talented t- young people, talented children. Yeah. Just remind you, to whom much has been given, much is required. And may we always use it for the glory of God. And I'd encourage our young people, teenagers, you did a fantastic job. Thank you for ministering to us tonight and continue to use your gifts and talents for the Lord. Serve him the rest of your life. Use it to his glory. It is a privilege to have the Crumrines with us. Brother Crumrine and his family have put their, or are planning on, uh, this week in fact, putting their life on a hold for a little while, for a year, and going there to replace Ben and Lauren Childs. And that's not an easy task. Boy, I tell you, they're much sacrifice and things that I appreciate, obviously, about what they're doing. And the Lord's calling them to do this. They've spent much time in prayer about it. Uh, Lord calling them to do this. As lay people, they've desired to do it. They've shown the, the sacrifice the willingness to do it, but also the diligence in preparation. And uh, Brother Crum Ryan shared with me a couple weeks ago, well, he's already memorized a couple messages in their language over there and uh, to, to present. Brother Ben's helping him and things like that. I tell you, that's that's a pretty good tall order, isn't it? And uh, my goodness, to have to do that and just, just for a year. So I appreciate their diligence, taking it seriously, and the fact that they simply said, here am I, Lord. Send us. And uh, so grateful for it. So as he comes, I encourage you to catch a little glimpse, a little part of his burden there for what they're planning on doing, helping out the childs in that way. And I trust that we as a church will be an encouragement to them. Brother Crum, around you come. God bless you. All right. Thank you. It's good to be here this evening. I think most of you know my family, but just in case you don't, I'll have them stand up. I know we'll really appreciate this. But uh, my wife's sitting over here. Her name's Dina. And uh, then I have uh, Colin back here. And he's the oldest, and then Hudson is the youngest, and then the two girls, Ashlyn and Emily. And uh, so, yeah, they didn't exactly want to stand up. But anyway, it is good to be here tonight, and uh, we are looking forward to going. Um, We're thankful for the opportunity. Uh, God allowed us, I guess just to give you a little bit of background about us, uh, God allowed us uh, eight years ago now, I believe it was, to go over, and he opened the door for us to go over and allow us to uh, help them build their house. Um, and then two years ago, uh, God allowed us to go back. Uh, not something we ever thought would happen, but God opened the doors, and so God allowed us to go back and help, help them build the church there. Um, and then through that, since then, we've, we communicate with them quite regularly. And uh, we started emailing back and forth a little bit, and we knew they were praying. They've been discipling with a man in the church since, well, pretty much since they've been there. And the thought was, and he was also thinking along the lines, that he would someday be able to take over the church. Uh, something happened since then, and uh, he, they were hoping this time to be able to leave the church in, in, with him and then move forward from there. But God uh, shut that door for whatever reason. Uh, we aren't sure why, um, but that didn't happen. And then they thought they had possibly three other missionaries that were in the area, and maybe they would be able to come and fill in for them. And... Uh, they really, the wives got out there in the middle of nowhere, and they were kind of like, well, we'd really rather be a little closer to town. This is a little too rustic. Um, and so, you know, we started praying about it. I was, I was laying in bed one night after we heard the news that kind of all three of those options uh, didn't pan out, and uh, said, Lord, is, is this something you would have us do? Um, and, you know, sometimes I think my wife would attest to the fact that maybe I get a few too many crazy ideas in my head, and maybe I shouldn't jump after every one of them. Uh, so we continued praying about it. Lord, is this something you want, you want us to do? Is this a step you want us to take? And uh, God opened the door, and we continued. We thought for sure, you know, Brother Ben knows us. He lived for two months, two different times in the same house with his kids and my kids. And, I mean, you get to know somebody pretty well that way. 
And we thought for sure after we did that that he'd say, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, for whatever reason, he said, well, let's uh, continue walking through this door because it's open as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if God allows this to work, then, then this is what God wants. So we kept moving forward, thinking, and this was last, uh, I believe it was last April. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, we're going to have an answer by September. We can get things all lined up and we'll be good to go. For whatever reason, we applied for our, my, my work visa. It ended up, I think it was September when we, August or September when we applied for that, and we actually just finally heard four weeks ago. That And we had been praying specifically that, God, if this is the door you want us to go through, you'll allow our visas to go through. Um, and, you know, it's uh, coming down to the wire here. And, and honestly, I was kind of like, well, Lord, maybe you're just shutting the door. Uh, but for whatever reason, God allowed that to open. And so we are moving forward with that. That does kind of cut down our preparation time for a year. Um, and, you know, uh, my wife probably bears more of the brunt of that and the girls because they have to pack everything. I just have to work. You know, I get to go away and say, hey, pack what we need, you know, and, and I'm in good hands. Uh, so anyway, they are trying to get everything together for us to go. Um, our oldest son, he is staying home to take care of uh, things around the house and, and the cattle and, and work this summer. He's graduating. Um, and we thought that would be uh, probably the best thing for him at this point in his life. Um, and so we are just, again, we're working on the language, as Brother Henry said, and that has been a challenge in itself. I can pretty much read the language fine. It is going to be a challenge because, uh, as he said as well, Brother Ben wrote out, I believe, a couple weeks of messages that I can read. Uh, Lord willing, and I guess please pray for us that we would be able to get the language down to where we can communicate well. Uh, I will be preaching after that in Pigeon. Um, which I'm, here in a minute I'm going to read a little bit for you, but it is challenging. Um, there are some similarities, but uh, it, it's a different language. Um, so please pray for us with that. The other thing that I'll have to do is drive on the other side of a vehicle with a stick shift on my left hand on the other side of the road. And we have to, uh, since bro- we were hoping to meet Brother Ben and Lauren there and then follow them out to the village or go with them out to the village, because it's, it's been two years since I was there and I only went to town once while I was there. And, you know, a three-and-a-half-hour drive in the middle of nowhere is... I have a pretty good memory, but it's, eh, it's questionable. So anyway, uh, we were hoping that they could get us there and kind of get us acquainted with things again. But for whatever reason, uh, again, God didn't work that out, so we're just trusting the Lord that he's going to get us there. Uh, we, it, the Lord did work it out that we're going to be able to meet a missionary uh, in where we fly into, and then we're going to be able to follow him to the village. Uh, so that will be a huge blessing, uh, just trying to get my driver's license. You know, it's, uh, it's a real challenge getting your driver's license over there. You show them your American driver's license, and they give you a pigeon one. So, you know, it's a uh, it's real, real hard test you've got to go through. But, uh, so that will be interesting. Um, so please do pray for us, uh, and we certainly appreciate it. We certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Henry. Um, you know, we have... I think the first time we met Pastor Henry was probably two years ago when we got back from New Guinea. And since then, I think I've met him eight times in Wingerts, and that's the only time I've ever seen him. Um, I don't know what it is, and it's always after church on Sunday. But So uh, the last time I met him at Wingerts, and, and it's amazing to me that he even asked me to come, come preach tonight, because the last time I met him at Wingerts, we had gotten home from church. For whatever reason, I threw on my muck boots, and my, I had to do something with the cows, I think. And 
I went to Wingerton in my muck boots, and I was just looked terrible. And, you know, he's asking me about New Guinea. And so, yeah, that was a little interesting there. So, anyway, he's a, he's a brave man. But, uh, anyway, um, so, if you would, take your Bibles. I'm, I'm, now, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little uh, I guess, lesson in pigeon here real quick. Not really a lesson, but just, just follow along. Mark chapter 1, and I'm just going to read a couple verses just to give you an idea of the language. Um, I'm sure you can pick out a few verses, but uh, they, they speak with an accent. So, you know, as long as when we were there the last time working on the building, Ben was busy with a lot of other things. So I did have to com- try to communicate with a lot of the men. And it seemed like as long as you put the P-L-Y on the end of a word or speak with the right en- enough accent, you know, they really kind of understood it somehow. I don't know if it was my emotions or what. But um, anyway, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Displa emi good news belong Jesus Christ, pickinini belong God. Verse 2. Displa good news. Emi come up pastime, all same prophet Isaiah, ibn writing. Harim. By me Salem, one plaman, belong all time talk, belong me. Na emi go pass line long you. Na em by redim wrote belong you. That was verse 2. So I'm sure that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but. Um, <laughs> You know, there are some similarities there, and it has been a challenge uh, working all the time, plus trying to work on a language. And, you know, it would be awesome. Brother Ben, numerous people have uh, mentioned, hey, what's, is it Google Translate, I think? You know, it works in like every other language except for Pidgin. I was like, Lord, couldn't you just work that out? I mean, all you have to do is talk into it what you want to say, and it translates it for you. I mean, that would be just awesome. But uh, anyway... To no avail, we are, God is going to give us the ability to uh, learn that quickly, we believe, and we're uh, asking him to do that. So, um, I think that is everything that we needed to update you on, but please do pray for us. It is going to be a, a challenge, but we believe that God has called us there, and we know that he will make it possible. Um, I want to share tonight a couple things that God's been working in my life about. Uh, you know, I am just a man like any other man in this building, and God's called all of us to what he's been challenging my heart about. And uh, so we're going to jump around a little bit here, and then we're going to end up in uh, Genesis 22. But if you would, turn right now to James chapter 2, verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for uh, the opportunity to come here. Lord, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. Lord, that you would give me the words to say. Lord, that you would use me um, to bring forth your word. Lord, may your word go forward. Lord, work in hearts tonight. Work in my heart. Challenge me with what you have for us. And we'll praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith? And have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? 
Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works only a man, sorry, ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Something God's been working on me about is a living faith. Do we exercise a living faith? Do I exercise a living faith? When God gives me something to do, am I willing to do it? Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 38. I'm going to jump into the first part of 11. Hebrews 10, 38. I'll only have you turn to one more place after this. Sorry, I know sometimes it gets a little uh, distracting. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith. It's believing what we cannot see. We weren't there when God created the earth, but yet we believe it. God spoke and it happened. At salvation, Christ came and indwelt us. We believe God for salvation. God, I know you've done this for me. I have my sins forgiven, a home in heaven, and I believe that you're going to fulfill that for me. We believe it by faith. It's not something we can grasp, physically hold on to. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were were framed. How's your faith tonight? How's my faith tonight? I'll turn over to Genesis chapter 22, and we'll, we'll finish there tonight. Genesis chapter 22. I'm sure all of you are very familiar with this passage. Um, it's been a challenge to my heart, just seeing the example of Abraham here. Genesis chapter 22. And it came to pass... After these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. What was Abraham's answer? God said, Abraham. What was his immediate answer? Here am I. When God speaks to us, are we even listening? When God speaks, Keith, what's my answer? All too often, my answer is, God, I don't have time right now. I'm too busy with this or with that. I'm distracted with too many things, and I don't have time to listen to what God has for me. Am I listening to God? Abraham's response, his relationship with God, was such that he heard God, and he listened, and his immediate response was, here am I. All too often, my response is, I don't have time right now, God. Please don't bother me with this. I've got too much going on. Is that your response tonight? 
When God speaks, are we listening? How's your relationship with God? That's where faith begins at our relationship with God. How's your relationship? All too often, I, I talk to uh, Christians, and the, the answer is, well, I just, I just don't have time to read my Bible. You know, it just takes up time. I'm, my work schedule is so busy. And, and folks, that's, that's the Christian life. That's the Christian life, is spending time in God's Word and communing with God's Word, but we also have to take time to listen. Am I listening to God? What's God called you to do? What's God asking you to do today? We look at the Apostle Paul, and what did he say? I die daily to himself. All too often I get my own things in the way, my own flesh in the way, and I say, God, I want to do this today. I've got my own plans laid out, but did we leave God out of that? God, what are you calling me to do today? Maybe it's to go across the road and talk to your neighbor. Maybe it's just take a meal over to a neighbor. Maybe it's spreading God's word, which we're all commanded to do, is share the gospel. Whether it's here or whether it's in New Guinea, God's called us all to do the same thing. If we're believers tonight, we're supposed to be sharing Christ with those around us. Moving on here to verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, this is God speaking now, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountain, which I will tell thee of. I've got two sons, an 18-year-old and a 10-year-old. And if God told me to do that, I would honestly say I would struggle incredibly because I don't think I could do that. Take now your only son. I have two. I still wouldn't want to give one of them up. God said, take thine only son. And offer him there for a sacrifice. That's a challenge. Are we going to trust God when he asks us to do something? God, that's too big for me. I can't handle that. God, I can't do that. What was Abraham's response? Again, it goes, all goes back to relationship. How's your relationship? But his response in verse 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. First thing, are you listening tonight? Second thing is, are you obeying tonight? Abraham obeyed God. It wasn't a question of, God, I can't do that right now. God, I don't have time for that right now. God, that's too big for me. No, it was, he got up and went. If God calls us to go share Christ with our neighbor, are we going to get up and do it? We can argue with God about it, but are we going to obey? Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed immediately. You know, many of you that have children, I know grow with our children growing up, they're older now, but when they were little, we used to sing the obedience song, you know, obey right away, immediately, is the very best way to show that you believe. That's what it's all about. Obedience is the best way. Then on the third day, verse 4, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. What did he say right there? I and the lad will go and worship and will come again to you. He knew one way or the other that God was going to make a way. He had the faith, he had the vision of God that knew that he could take care of him and do whatever it was he called him to do. One way or the other, he knew God's promise. God was going to make of him a great nation. He knew God was going to provide. 
But all too often we shrink back. God, maybe it's, I can't witness. I'm not good at talking to other people. Maybe it's, I've heard it time and time again, I just don't have the money to take a missions trip. Whatever it might be. But folks, if God calls you to it, he's going to make a way. Whatever that might be. Is God speaking to you about something tonight? Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Put yourself in those shoes. Put myself in those shoes. Dad, I know what's going on here, but I'm not seeing a lamb. We're supposed to be taking a lamb with us. And what was Abraham's response? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. He knew God was going to provide, and he led his son in that way. Parents, are we leading our kids? And I know I have failed miserably, so I'm not standing before you as one who has arrived in any way, shape, or form, just to ask my kids. Um, but are we trusting God? Are we setting an example that our children can follow? God, you're going to provide, and I'm trusting you to do that. Are we walking by faith, or are we walking by sight? God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but we have the faith to know that you will do it because you've called us to that, whatever that might be. Whatever that might be. What's your response tonight? Think, are you listening, and are you obeying? I'm going to share uh, something that happened in my life, and I'm not sharing it to pat myself on the back in any way, shape, or form, because the only reason I found out the answer to this was because the young man shared it as a testimony, and it, it broke my heart. Uh, probably four years ago, I think it was. We were sitting in church, or sorry, let me back up here. It was on a Sunday morning, uh, I was getting ready for church, and the, and the Lord started speaking to me about something. And uh, he said, uh, not, obviously not in an audible voice, but it said, I really think I want you, you know, Lord, I, I believe you want me to give this money to so-and-so. I had, I think it was $32 in my pocket. Um, and so I, I was like, all right, Lord, you know, this is, Kind of, you know, is this you speaking or is this just something in my mind? And I kept working on me all morning. I went and taught my Sunday school lesson, and uh, God said, Keith, I want you to give this money to so-and-so. And uh, during the service, he told me again. I said, all right, Lord, as soon as church service is over, I'm going to go put it in his hand. It was $32. And I just said, all right. So I went, made a beeline for him as soon as service was done, put it in his hand, said, God bless. Walked away, never thought another thing of it. Wednesday night, I was sitting in church, and this young man stood up. He said, I was sitting in the back row on Sunday morning, and I had rough, I think it was the same, whatever it was, it was the same amount. I had $32 in my, in my wallet, and I knew God wanted me to put that in the offering plate, but I knew that I have a wife and kids, and I, we need diapers, and we need milk, and we were supposed to buy them after church. And he said, I struggled all morning with putting that in the offering plate. So the plate came, and I was still fighting with God. I said, God, I don't want to give that up. And put it in the offering plate. said, and somebody came after church and put the same amount in my hand. 
What's God speaking to you about? What's he want you to surrender to him? What are you holding on to tonight? Just think, if we would surrender to God in a simple thing, what is he going to do through, what could he do through you? All too often we let ourselves get in the way, God, I don't have time right now to listen to what you're telling me to do. We get distracted with too many things around us. Are we listening? Are we listening? And not only are we listening, but are we obeying? Abraham obeyed God. He obeyed God, and and look what God did through that obedience. There have been times before where he made mistakes. There have been times where we make mistakes, and trust me, there have been times I have made a lot of mistakes. But God wants our surrender. Are you going to follow me, whatever it might be? Are you going to follow me and obey me? That's all he wants. We could have issue under the sun, we could have excuse under the sun, but all he wants is a listening, a communing spirit, and an obedient spirit. And Abraham said, verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay him. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And again, he said, here am I. Again, he was listening to God. The relationship he had with God was intimate. How's our relationship? Do we even talk to him on a regular basis? Am I communing with him so that I know when he speaks, I'm listening? Abraham had that kind of relationship. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. It was a test. God said, Abraham, are you going to trust me? Abraham, are you going to trust me to provide? Abraham, are you going to trust me to do whatever it is? Put yourself in those shoes. Are you going to trust me to do whatever that might be? Are you going to trust me to give you the the ability to go to your neighbor and share the gospel? Are you going to trust me to be an encouragement to this person? Are you going to trust me to, to allow me to use you to meet this person's needs? What are you holding on to tonight? Challenge you tonight. Surrender that. Give it over to God. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold... Behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. As Christians, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. All too often, I get my eyes, just as Peter did when he was in the middle of that storm, Lord, I see a... I'm going to walk to you. But all too often I get in the middle of that storm and my eye gets on the surroundings. And I lose sight of the one I'm supposed to keep my eyes on. God, am I keeping my eyes on you? Because you're the one that's going to see this through. Are we keeping our eyes on Christ? I want to close tonight with a quote from A.W. Tozer. 
All of us have things in our lives that are mountains, storms, whatever it might be. I challenge each and every one of you to take this to heart. A.W. Tozer said, don't just pray about what seems logical and possible. Pray hard about the impossible, and God will show you that nothing is impossible with him. How's your faith tonight, Pastor?